Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegels with you. The phone number 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. I want to remind everybody, just um, so you know, we only have one line since we're all doing this on remote still. So if you call in and you get a busy signal, we will get to you. Just keep trying back as soon as that caller that's on the line gets off. Uh, we will get the next caller on. And uh, there will be no one to screen you since I'm the call screener and I'm hosting the show. So uh, the first <laughs> thing you'll hear is me and Jeff inviting you guys on the air. You can also send in your questions to hashtag Giants Chat or you can send them into our portal, which you can find online. Just go to Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK questions. Again, that's Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK, BBK questions. And we will read your questions on the air. I got a bunch of those set up for today, along with a couple other stats as we get a little bing from Jeff Fiegels. Bing. What was that? That was my phone, which I forgot to silence. That means I have a message. See, now, it sounded like you were going to have, like, like, do a toast of some type. Oh. And you were, like, pinging the side of the glass. Or it could have been like where I was getting ready to go into the ring and start fighting or something. It was like a ding. It was a little, it was a little too dainty, I think, to be a, a a boxing ring. Well, it's crazy how this microphone will pick up the slightest little sound like that. So, well, the way it works, just for people that don't know, with microphones, when you're talking into the microphone, it will not generally pick up a lot of background noise because it understands that it's supposed to pick up the noise that's closest to it. But when you're being quiet. It's kind of searching the atmosphere for sound. Mm. So then it'll be more apt to pick up things that are in the background. Ah, okay. A little lesson on, on, on how Micro, audio works. Microphone 101. Yes, absolutely. All right, Jeff, we got a couple things we want to do today. Yeah. Um, by the way, I had never I never actually had a chance to go through those wide receiver over-unders with Lance and Paul. So I'm going to do that with them on this Friday. Okay. Um, but we have not developed yet over-unders for the defense. So I want to start there. We could do that. I also have... Uh, I've started my Daniel Jones project where I'm basically doing a deep evaluation of like every part of his game. And Sounds I, like a movie. Dude, I'm telling you. Um, I did play action only. That took me about two days. It was about a thousand words, six videos, and I have one really interesting or two interesting numbers I want to give you. Uh, off of that, this piece will land sometime in the next month before camp starts. I got to really put the pedal to the metal here because there's just a there's just a lot to do. He threw a lot of passes last year. Anyway, um, but <laughs> that'll be our second topic. Let's start. Let's start with our defensive over unders, Mister Feagles. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the best place to start is sacks because those, that's something we've talked about a lot about this year. And those are numbers that I think are are important. Um, I won't do tackle over unders. I think those are boring because it depends on how you yeah. track them and things like that. It's Give kind me of, the sack numbers from last year before you start. You want for individuals or no, totals? Just the what total. are you looking for? Total. All right, let me pull that up for you. I don't have it in front of me. Um, so the individuals today, Jeff. Well, who we're going to take a look at? Um, as we try to track this stuff, are you know the main pass rushers. You know we're not going to put Marcus Gold into the mix because he's not yet on the roster, so we can't account for him. We can always add him um, at a later date if we if we want. So we'll be judging as though Marcus Golden is not on the roster because he isn't. He's still a free agent. Maybe he could join later. Later, sure that's possible, but um, we can't anticipate that. So uh, the guys we are going to take a look at today um, for the Giants are. Kyler Fackrell, Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimenez, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence. I guess my question for you, Jeff, is there anyone individually that you think we should add to that list before we get started? Um, 
Well, I don't see Blake Martinez being a big, big sack guy because he's an inside linebacker. Uh, he'll have a couple, but um... remember he did have a decent sack year when he did have Patrick Graham as his coach. But I agree. I don't think it's fair to put like no. I think we should do the Wills, the Sams. Um, you know, and you got Leonard Williams and you got Dexter Lawrence in there. Should I put Dalvin in there? I mean, why don't we just go for all three of those defensive tackles? You okay, know? I'll put Dalvin in there. Okay. All right, and so I say defensive tackle because they all can play tackle, but they're... They're you know, all interior yeah. defensive right. linemen. They're, they aren't edge rushers. Let me put it that way. So last That's year, right. the Giants had 36 sacks. Ugh. Marcus Golden led the way with 10. Uh, Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez were tied for second with four and a half. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson had three and a half. Dexter Lawrence had two and a half. And those are the main numbers. Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams had a half a sack. Who did? A half a sack for Leonard Williams. Point five. Yeah, only eight games. And then Kyler Fackrell last year, was he? I think he only had one, I think. One or yeah, two. The year before, he had, what, 12? 10. Oh, come on, Jeff. I got to look these things up. I don't have these numbers at my No, I know it was double ball. digits. It was between 10 and 12. Yeah, I can get yep. you those numbers, yeah. too. Okay. Um, how many did Lorenzo, you said, had four? Four and a half last year. Him and Osain Zimenez were okay. tied. Okay. With four and a half. Okay. Last year, Kyler Fackrell had one sack. The year before, he had ten and a half. The year before that, he had three. So let's start with Fackrell, okay? Um, he had three sacks, or one sack last year. Ten and a half in 2018. In 2017, he had three. His mm. snaps were slightly down last year. Not as much as, as people seem to indicate. Um, but they were down. His pressures uh, were kind of where they've always been. <clears throat> Just the sack numbers are way down. So you figure he's going to be one of the Giants' primary pass rushers, Jeff. Yes. What do you think? Can you go as high as, like, five here? Is that too many? Five and a half? If he gets the snaps, should it be less well, than that? What do you think? I think that I think he's your guy, right? I mean, if let's just go off of two years ago. We kind of like last year went off of um, Marcus Golden, you know, thinking that he's going to come back from what he did before his ACL injury. Right. So ten and a half is way too high. One is way too low. Um, so I got to go in the middle. I'm going to go at six, uh, five and a half. I like, I like five and a half. I will take the over. Okay. Well, how about this way? If I made it six, would you also take the over? I think it's going to be six. I okay. Think it's going to be six, six and a so half. I'm gonna be, okay. So I'm going to make it six then. We're going to right. six for him over on there. And you're going to go over that. I'm going to go over it for two reasons. I, I feel like Patrick Graham is going to match up him. Well, I think he's going to, he's worked with them before he knows him. And I think he'll get him situational stuff that he can get in there and get after the quarterback. I think he's going to have a good year. Oh boy, six is a tough number. Um, I think that's right on the mark. I think that's a great number because I think if he finishes with seven, I think that's a really successful season. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Will he get there? Like, would it surprise me if he finished the year with five sacks or five and a half? It wouldn't. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. 36 sacks last year for the Giants. Yeah. Is that a number that you would like to see increase by 10? I'd 12, like to see. 15? I'd like to see it get over forty. So another four. Yeah. All right. So what the reason I'm doing this exercise is let's just say that our goal for the Giants would be forty, which would be more than last year. So if we have forty and we're going to now go down six from Frackle, that leaves us with thirty-four. I'm just trying to make sure that we can get to where we're going to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have thirty-four left for the other guys. <laughs> Remember, you're also going to have, um, you know, well, other you're gonna things. Have, you're like... going to have peppers, and you're going to have one maybe, you know, one of the corner 
one of the couple of the cornerbacks might have a safety and those I mean excuse me I have a sack and those are ones sometimes are just cheap ones where the guys you know he, he just runs behind the line of scrimmage and touches the guy and gets a sack right of course and you know all, all those things matter so last year just FYI um, the Giants with their 36 sacks were ranked 22nd in the league if you get to 40, you're going to be around the middle of the league. You're going to be around 16th or 15th. And okay. I think, I think if you good. can get there, I think you're okay. If you can get to 45, you're going to be top 12-ish. That might be asking a little bit much given the personnel. So if I'm the Giants and I can get to 16th in the league and get 40 sacks, I think that's a pretty decent number. You like more, but I think that's a decent number if you can get to the middle of the league. It's over two a game. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And if you, I mean, look, if you can get the three a game, that's great. If you get the 48, that's going to get you in the top five or six. So, yeah. That's kind of where it'll land you. All right. Leonard Williams. Now, Leonard Williams is an interesting guy. He's mm-hmm. somebody that has all the talent in the world. He's never really put it together from a sack perspective. Over the course of his career, he had only a half a sack last year, and that was total. He had zero for the Jets and a half for the Giants. He had 5-18, and 2-17, and 7-16, and 16, and 3 back in 15. So I'd be comfortable putting him at 4. <laughs> you think that's a good number? Yeah, I was going to do 3.5. You think 3.5? Because he's had two years with more than four and three years with under four. But at, at three and a half, would you pick over or under? Under. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go three and a half then. So 3.5. So now I'm down to 19 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go Lorenzo Carter. <clears throat> uh, four and a half last year. That was his career high uh, for Mr. Carter. Um, as a rookie, um, he was not as productive. Of course, he was just kind of learning the position and, and doing it. He had four sacks as a rookie, um, played a lot of snaps last year. I think as long as Golden's not back, he will be one of those starting outside linebackers slash edge rushers. Um, I mean, if you want to keep right in that category, do you think four and a half is number from last year is a good one? I like it. I was just thinking the same thing. Four and a half for him and Zimenez. Keep it right at those numbers. You don't want to give Zimenez a little bit of a boost in the second you know what? year? I, I, Put I it think, at five, maybe? Yeah. But yeah, he might not I, play as much as Carter, though, so that's why it's tough. Yeah, but you know what? I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play a little bit more. Okay, so you want to give him, put him at five? Yeah. Okay. Him at five, Zoe at four and a half. And you going over-under on those guys? I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I'm going to go – wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is – this is why these the numbers are so tough. I'll, I'll go. I'm gonna go over on Zimenez and under on Lorenzo Carter. Okay, interesting. Now Dexter Lawrence is an interesting case. He had two and a half sacks last year as a rookie. That we talked about it when they drafted him, Jeff. They didn't draft him just to be a plugger. They drafted him to be a contributor and a pass in the pass rush and to get sacks and to get pressure on the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. He has the physical ability. I talked. Remember talking to the offensive linemen last year during camp, and they're like, "Wow, this kid figures it out. He can be a real. He can be a real force that way." Uh, I think Tomlinson will be more of the nose tackle. Lawrence will be more of of, of an end or a three technique and, and base. Um, you know, and he may, he might line up over the no, He might line up over the center in pass rushing situations. <sighs> three and a half. Is that too much? Well, what did we give Leonard Williams? Three and a half. I, 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 if you want to set it at three and a half, I'm going under. 
Okay, do you want to set it at three then? I'll take three. I'll take the over on the three. Really? Okay, so I think that's the good number then. Okay. All right, so we'll make it. So you you would go over on the three, but you go under on the three and a half. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to make it the same as Leonard Williams then. I'll pick yeah. it three and a half, okay. and you're going to go under that. Yeah. So you think he's going to get three is basically what you're yeah. telling me. I think he's going to get three, and if he doesn't get three, he'll get – if he doesn't get three, he'll get – and he does a good season, he'll get six. Okay. Da- okay, Dalvin Tomlinson is next. Um, he actually had his uh, best sack year of his career last yeah. year. And he is he's really a good player. He had three and a half. He's a really good player. Uh, do you want to put him at three? Make him a little bit lower than the other guys? I think we keep him all at three and a half. You want to put him at three and a half? Yeah. Okay, you're going over under that for Dalvin. I'm going to go over. Because over. I, have, I have a okay. feeling that Dalvin Tomlinson is going to come into his own this year. All right. This is, yeah. Now, we, I, like I said, we're not going to do over-unders, Jeff, for um, interceptions because there's not many of them and it's pretty random sometimes. So um, the question I'm going to ask then, everybody, is who do you think will lead the team in interceptions? Mm. Well, I'm going to go Bradbury. Really? Okay. Because a lot of times it's hard. You know, these corners that play a lot of man, they don't get picks. A lot of times it's the safeties. Why do you think it's going to be Bradbury? I just like him out of all the group. I mean, I don't think Jabril Peppers does anything to excite me about interceptions. And Julian Love is so raw. Uh, I just, I mean, I'm going from experience. Okay, that's fair. Pure experience. And I'm guessing you're picking Fackrell to lead the team in sacks? Yes. Okay. Now, this is an interesting one. I don't like doing tackle over on there because, like I said, a lot of that is just logistics and how you track it. And it's also the positions you play. Right, of course. Who do you think will lead the team in tackles? Last year, it was Antoine Bethay with 110. Well, that didn't surprise you because he always was up there. Right. And and actually, that's numbers down from his normal 140. And the next highest was only 80. That was David Mayo and Alec Ogletree. These are total tackles, assists. Well, I already know who I'm going with. Well, that was going to be my question. So who's going to lead the team in tackles? Blake Martinez. He is a tackling machine. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. (laughs) I think that's an easy one. Who do you think will be second? Uh, I think it'll be in the secondary. I think it'll be one of the safeties. Okay, you got to give me a name. I'll go Peppers. Okay. Or, you know, it could be Xavier McKinney. If he's he's playing. uh, I'll go Peppers. I got to go with the true starter. I know he's going to start. I I, I imagine that Xavier McKinney will be in there as a starter sooner or later. Okay, so now we're going to go. Don't you? Yes, I agree. I agree. So now we're going to go total interceptions for the season for the team. And how many did we have last year? I'm looking that up right now. I'm guessing last 16. year as a team, the Giants totaled 10 interceptions. Four for Jenkins. And by the way, that would lend credence to your Bradbury pick. Uh, two for Ryan Connolly. One for Peppers. One for Love. One for Bethay. One for Ogletree. The opponents had 17, just FYI. Hmm. Hmm. I think we could put the over-under at the same number as last year and make it 10. 10 and a half. We'll go 10 and a half? Yeah. yeah we can do that. Because I was actually going to say 12, but I think most people probably would take the under on that. So if we just keep it at 10 and a half, then maybe somebody might take a chance and go over. Well, just um, for fun, let me try to see where the leaders were last year in terms of the NFL, in terms oh, it's of gotta interceptions. it well, I'm just in terms of numbers, kind of yeah. where teams kind of landed. Uh, the Giants, well, they were ranked 25th in the league last year, tied for 25th with 10. 
If you want to get to the middle of the league, you're looking at 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. That'll get you in that area. And the Patriots led the league with 25. The Steelers were second with 20. Um, and then you get to 17 with the next highest. So we might be, I mean, we could bump this to 11 and a half if you want. But I think 10 and a half might not be a bad number. I like that number. You like 10 and a half? Yeah, and I will go, I'll, I'll go under. You go under that? <laughs> I thought you were going to go over that. Okay, under that. Now, um, total sacks we talked about previously, right? Yep. So last year, the last Giants year. finished with 36, t- 22nd in the league, right after the Ravens, who had 37. Do you want to just make it flat 40? And go over under on 40? 36, 16, 16, 32. Yeah, that's still a lot. 40 will get you in the teens, we said, right? Mm-hmm. Which I figure, I, I'm, I'm guessing. High teens it'll put you in. High teams, yeah. I, I, I'm looking at this Giants defense to obviously improve over what they did last year, and I don't know what they finished their ranking was at the end of the year. Was it, what was it? Probably what sack wise? No, just the the whole total defense. Um, just follow me here. So, I, you know, if you're going to improve on total defense, you're going to improve in certain categories that help you get there. One of them is getting after the quarterback and and taking the ball away. So, um. Hmm. I don't know. I, I could, yeah, yeah. I'll go forty. I'll go forty. Last year, hmm? forty. Okay, and you're gonna go under or over that. I'm gonna go over it by just a few. Because oh, I, I really okay. think that I, I, as much as we talk about where the pass rush is gonna come from and who's the guy, you know, until they sign like somebody that you know is is famous for that, they gotta find them. They got to find how to do it some way. And so Patrick Graham is going to lean on guys like the guys that we talked about, Kyler Fackrell. All these guys are going to have to somehow come up with 40 sacks. Now, last year, defensively, you asked a question, so I'll give it to you. We can play this game if you want. We don't have to. Uh, The Giants were ranked 25th in yards allowed per game last year, uh, 29th or 28th in passing yards allowed per game. Uh, So not great. Do you want to do an over-under for ranking in terms of total defense? Do yeah. you care about that? Yeah. yeah, I do. I think that's a good rank. Okay, so where do you think a good rank is for the Giants' defense? How much better do you think they're going to be? Okay, so I'll tell you where I want them to be. I want them to be in the low 20s, 22, 21, 20. Do so you want them to be between like 20 and 22? Now, I think that's a great improvement from where they were last so year. 25th at 377 per game. Do you want to do yardage per game, or do you want to do the rank for – over well, under. How, how do you want to work it? We can do it either way. Wow. Well, they, they're kind of indicative, right? I mean, if you're giving up a lot of yards, you're going to stink on total defense. Well, no, that's what it is. That's what total defense measures. But I'm just saying, do you um, want to do, do over under on where they rank or the over under on the actual number of yards that they give up per game? That well, would be I think my we question. should do rankings because the, with the way the things are going, if they only play 12 games or yeah, 14 the games yards or might 10 be games. Skewed. That's fair. Okay. So you want to put the over under at like 21? 22. Where were they last year again? They were 25th last year. They got to improve. So yeah. why don't you do 20? How about we do 22 and a half? Okay. 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 And I think those are most of the important things. And I'm going to take the over on that. Okay. I'm meaning, meaning so they're going to be better be than better. that. It was actually under 22. Okay, so that's going to be but... under. Okay, I got you. All right. Fair enough. All right, Jeff, 973-667-1960. I'll get to my Daniel Jones stat with you in a second. 973-667-1960. Now let's go to the phones and say, 
Uh, what's up to our first caller? Caller, you're on the air with John and Jeff. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's going on, John? Hey, Steve. This is Dre in Atlanta. Dre, what's up, hey, man? Hey, Dre. Long time, buddy. How you been? I've been all right. Now, I'm going to throw something crazy at you. Sure. See what you think about this uh, possible trade. I know uh, tackle depth is pretty much next to nothing in the league, and if you have a good depth, you know, you're one of the blessed teams. But what do you think about trading Soder to the Raiders for, uh, for uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, what position? Kind of important. Terrell Williams, the wide receiver. No. Terrell Williams right now probably is the third wide receiver on their uh, depth chart. You mean, the, uh, you, mean you, you mean Tyrell Williams that was on the Chargers previously, right? That's what you're talking about? Yes. That's correct. Why, though? You figure with Hunter Winfro being um, Carr's, you know, favorite uh, favorite receiver, and then they picked up that rookie wide receiver, that pushes him back, especially with his contract. So you figure you trade Soda to the Raiders, um, and we get uh, Williams in a possibly either a fifth or a sixth-round pick. Let me so put it this way, Dre. I don't think either team would do that trade. Because I don't think the Raiders want to take on Solder's contract, for one. And two, I don't think the Giants want to trade somebody that they still probably think are one of their two best tackles on the team for someone that's going to be their fourth wide receiver. Well, you figured uh, Williams, 6'4", runs a four four forty, got hands, pretty durable. You know, it just adds another weapon onto the squad. Is either that or you get uh Yeah, but how often is he going to play, Dre? As the fourth wide surprised. receiver. Well, we, we still don't know what's going on with uh with um Shepard with the concussions. You know, we're hoping that he's 100% this year. So, you know, we could battle a lot in camp. You know, he may, you know, he's a vet. He got knowledge. He has speed on the outside to, you know, stretch the field. He may not be the fourth uh, wide receiver no, if you look right. at it. No, he, he might not be. You're right about that. Look, Tyrell Tyro Williams is a good deep threat. I think he's a useful player. I think he can help you in that role. I agree with you. I see where you're coming from. You have that much faith in the other guys at the tackle spot to start right away for you, and it's not going to short-circuit your offense? Well, you look at we still got Cam. You could throw Cam on uh, Cam on the right side. Yeah, I don't I think, trust him for don't, one year until we get Parrott. <clears throat> do you think he's as good as Nate Solder? Uh, you know, anybody's good in Nate Soda as he, as he was last year. That That is not true, by the way. That's not true. That's not true. We have seen worse, Dre. We have seen yeah. worse. Now, it, it, it was a struggle for him. I'm not going to lie. You know, that's fair. And, 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 he, and he's basically admitted as much. But I... I would not go there. I think it's too risky. I, I like having the depth to tackle for a year. I'm, and I know a lot of people are concerned about wide receivers. I get it. I'm okay with the depth they have there. I understand your point with Shepard. I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. I understand the want to have a, a bigger target. <clears throat> I get that. Uh, but but Feigs, and, and then Jay, we'll let you finish. Uh, to me, I, I think I'm not willing to make that move for a wide receiver to move a guy that I think is one of my two best tackles. Yeah, and Dre, uh, listen, I, I'm I'm not ready, I'm not ready to give up on Nate. I'm not um, in a year where I, I there's so much uncertainty with everything. Um, I am a true believer 
okay, that Nate Solder is going to play right tackle this year. Um, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, will it happen? I don't know. But I, I think and Andre Thomas is going to be, excuse me, Andrew, or Andrew. Andrew Thomas is going to play left tackle. Who are you, so, Charlie, all of a sudden? Jesus, I know, right? <laughs> Listen, here's the other thing. I, I'm, I'm okay with Nate Solder right now. Can somebody please tell me where the depth is going to come at center? We've been talking about this for three or four months, and I still see – I mean, I don't know where it's at. I mean, Spencer Pulley's your guy right now, but are you that confident with Spencer Pulley being your starting center? But where's your other guy? I mean, get me a center. Go trade for me for a center somewhere. I know Lemieux okay. might move into there, but – Well, we got Atlanta. Atlanta might be looking to move uh, Mac, so that's a veteran center. I know Nick Gates is a guy that they've been talking about maybe could compete for there, um, but – I would leave that alone right now. I understand what you're saying, but I, I, I'm okay with everybody that's on the roster as far as the receivers. And I think that, you know, Sterling Shepard is a guy that he, you know, I know he's been hurt, but, you know, who knows? Maybe he can finish the season without being hurt and now, he'll be fine. Now, Dre, we'll say this. I think you picked a very logical guy to target because yeah. he's not crazy expensive and he fits the profile, the type of wide receiver that could complement the current group. So I think you actually pinpointed um, the right type of player. I have no idea if Oakland has him available or anything like that. Or Sorry, Las Vegas <laughs> has him available or anything like that. But I think you targeted the right kind of guy. And also I was looking at Soldier's cap hit. You know what I'm saying? He, he's doing what, 19 million? He got 19 million left? Well, that's why, so, I said, that's why I said I don't think the Eagles will – that's why I don't think the Raiders will make the trade. <laughs> that's a big number. Yeah, it is. Uh, thanks for I'd like call, it. Guys. Hey, Andre, Dre, always good to hear from you, my friend. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Dre. Yeah. Take it easy. All right, man. have a good one. Be good, Dre. Dre Danilanta, one of our favorite calls. Haven't heard from him in a while. Wow. But, yeah, so, you know, that's interesting. And we've talked about this before. I wrote a big mailbag about this on the website the other day. I think it posted over the weekend. You should go check it out. But I know a lot of people, Jeff, are, are concerned about the weapons on this team, and I'm just not there. Now, maybe I'm overly optimistic about Ingram and Shepard staying healthy. And that's possible. I might that might burn me, and I'm I'm ready to accept that mm -hmm. that might burn me. I get it, but to me, in the off season, there were so many other more pressing needs that needed to be addressed, where I wasn't quite willing to go there yet. Now, if we get to the point next year where you have another season where Shepard's not playing 16 games, Ingram's hurt again, and that's a road you want to go down, okay, cool. Yeah, I think yeah. that makes sense, but. I wasn't ready to do it this offseason. I wanted to give it one more run with this group. I can see that. I'm, I'm okay with that. I am. Now, what I'm not going to be okay with, if, if, if there is injuries, then we're, we may be a little bit. Although we do have some, some good young guys. Now, if Tate, uh, now, now if Tate and Slayton, I think, if look, if you lose Shepard and Ingram at different times and you still have Tate and Slayton with one of those two other guys plus Barkley, I think you're fine. If you lose two guys at once, that's when you start getting into some issues. And Corey Coleman can, can fill in there. Well, you would think, assuming how he comes back from his ACL. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Got a couple, you know, got a couple free agents in there that you never know. They might excite somebody during the uh, preseason or the, you know, for training camp or whatever. But I, I just feel that Nate Solder is still too valuable for this team. And I think that nobody was going to want to take on a $19 million cap hit. Yeah, no, they wouldn't take on the full cap hit. They'd just take on the yearly salary. The Giants yeah. would take on the prorated signing bonus. But it would still be sizable. <clears throat> it would still be sizable. And 
Look, I think the Raiders still need to improve. Did they draft an offensive tackle in the first round in Oakland? I don't think they did. I think they actually picked a couple wide receivers, which is probably yeah, why. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Which, yeah. is why, which is why Dre thought they might want to move him. But, you know, to me, I know Solder had a rough year last year. I still think he's a better player than Cam Fleming. I still think he's a, more ready to play than, than Matt Pert, uh, for sure. Sure. So that is not, you know, after all the work they've done to try to build this offensive line and get it better, I'm not interested in weakening it to give me some more insurance at wide receiver. I I don't want to go there. And Jeff, to your point, and this is something else I want to bring up, and a caller just got in. I will get to you in a second. You know, we've had this discussion a lot. I'm not sure I've had it with you directly. Everyone keeps saying, oh, the offensive line is going to be so much better, so much better, so much better. And I wrote this in one of my mailbags last week when I was off too. Do we know that? I mean, we think Nate Solo's going to have a bounce back year. Do we know that? Do we well, know no, everything's a proof's in the pudding. Do we know that Will Hernandez is going to get better in his third year? Do we know that Andrew Thomas, you know, eventually he will be, but do we know as a rookie with no offseason that he's going to be a better player than Mike Remmers was last year right away? I don't think we know that. Nope. And to your point at center, you know, John Halapio's not on the roster. We have to see how he's recovering from his, you know, popped Achilles last year, which happened late in the year, by the way. It's a very serious injury. You have Spencer Pulley. Can Shane Lemieux, can Nick Gates make that, you know, shift over to center? Is that going to work? We don't know. You know, I think you like what they did, and I think the future, especially at offensive tackle, is extremely bright. But when you're talking about the present, do we know that out of the gates this year? And, yeah, we think Mark Colombo's going to help as the coach and all that. That's great. Do we know that this group's going to be better off the bat than they were at the end of last year? I don't. Do you? No, you don't. I, I do know this. It's, it's, we don't know anything, but what we do know that it, it was addressed at least, and that gives you some, you know, good feeling that I think that Andrew Thomas, I, you know, obviously he, his measurables and you know all those tackles in the draft this year are all pretty darn good, and you you would imagine that they're going to play pretty well. Um, I think Hernandez and has to have a better year. I think this is kind of a a year that he should probably prove everybody that he belongs there, and maybe that down the line he'll get another contract um but if not then you know some of these other guys might just move into these other positions but you're right we we don't know anything but what we do know is they have addressed it and hopefully they've got the right guys yeah and again i think the future is very bright but yeah. i think right away this year i, I don't think we quite know yet i don't think we know yet and it's gonna take some time for this group to get chemistry together with a new oh, coach God, yeah. all yeah. that stuff so look we think it's gonna be better it has the potential to be better if Solder bounces back, if Will Hernandez continues to improve, if Mark Colombo has a really positive effect, if Andrew Thomas can come out flying as a rookie and play to his draft status. We think all that's possible. It is all possible for sure. Will it happen? I don't know. We'll have to find out. I got a question for you. I got Mr. an answer. Milk. What, In your opinion on the offense, Yes. Other than the quarterback, because we obviously know Daniel Jones going down or getting sick or anything like that could be very detrimental to the team. Yes, understatement you, of the century. Do you which one? Where at what position do you think would have the most impact if 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 you lost one of these players? <sighs> Who's the next most valuable guy in the team? Is 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 kind of what you're telling me? Like where would a is loss... it Saquon? Is it Evan Ingram? Is it Sterling Shepard? Is it one of the you <sighs> know the linemen? It's a really good question, Jeff. Because the way that I look at it is you gotta you gotta look at your playmakers, right? 
I mean... Now, here's the thing, and I said this before. I'm not going to take one of the receivers or tight ends. But I think if you lose one of those guys, you still have enough. Okay. If you lose two, I think you're in trouble, but that's not the game we're playing, right? If you lose one, I think you can survive. So I'm going to take the tight ends and wide receivers off the board. Now, is it Saquon Barkley? Gotta be. The way this team wants to play this year, at least in my opinion, and again, yep. we, don't, we haven't seen enough to know, I think they're going to try to be a team that's focused around the run game. Well, so, yeah. in my opinion, I, I'm loath to pick a running back here, but I think Barkley's certainly in the mix just because we don't, you know, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, you know, they aren't Saquon Barkley. The center, we don't know who it's even going to be, so I can't pick one guy. <laughs> I think Nick Gates would be able to step in and do a decent job at guard if either Hernandez or Zeitler went down. As good as Zeitler is, he'd be in the, in the mix. But I think Nick Gates is good enough for you survive that. I mean, I think Andrew Thomas and Nate Solder are in the mix there. I think you look at a, one of the two offensive tackles or Barkley, mm-hmm. and, and and that's kind of where I'm at on that. Interesting. How about you? Yeah, I would go Saquon just because of the production that you're going to lose from there. I mean, you're gonna we're going to lose a lot of carries, a lot of receptions, a lot of big plays. Um, I guess you know you're leaving the receivers and the tight ends out of the mix. Well, I, would I am. You, you don't have to. Well, I, I'm okay. So here's the thing. I I feel like, and I want it so bad. I want it for this kid, because I feel like he's a hard worker, and I think he's he can be really really good in this system. And Evan Ingram is that guy. I I really feel like, and this I'm getting off subject a little bit. No, but go ahead. It's fine. I I have a I just I'm hoping that this guy can come out and play just lights out for Jason Garrett this year, because you know he's going to feature him. You got to. If he's if he comes into the season healthy, all the things that you can do from that position and that type of skill set, I I think Jason Garrett is just happy as a clam, thinking like if this guy's healthy, I can make this work. Um, and then you've got another Daniel Jones in a second year system. It's a new system, but it's in the NFL for the second year. That'll help him. So I. But back to your question or my question that was opposed to you, I think that Saquon would be the guy. That would be the one thing that I think you would have a hard time replacing him. Because can because Deion Lewis be that guy? Wayne Gallman? No. I mean, no. look, they're, 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 there's no replacing what Saquon can do. Yeah. Yep. You just don't. All right. 973, good question. 667-1960. 973-667-1960. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Caller, you're on the air with John and Jeff. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. It's Don in Texas. Don, what's up? Hi, Don. Hi. How you doing, guys? I have two questions for each of you, but I just want to comment on one thing before I get to those questions, and then I'll take it off the air. Sure. I wanted to talk about the wide receivers. I don't know where the narrative is coming coming from that they're not very good or they're not good enough or, or any of those type of sayings that people are talking about. I think we have enough on wide receiver. you got a speedy guy in Slayton. you got a very crafty receiver in Golden Tate. And you got a really good shifty slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. And the one thing they all have in common, they're all very good blockers. So I've heard you say it many times, John. I, I just want to echo it. I think they have enough at wide receiver. Now, again, if they're healthy, Don, and, and, that, yes. and that, that, is, that is a fair question to ask that obviously none of us can predict the future with, with injuries. That's correct. I'm just going to go with my two questions, and I'll sure. take it off the air. Jeff, I'm going to start with you first. I'm just looking for a little clarity, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Earlier when they drafted Andrew Thomas, you were, you were saying that you would like to see him start left tackle right away so they can get the experience <laughs> to develop all together right away. Right. About a week or two later, you kind of shifted and said he should start at right tackle. Mm-hmm. I would like to know where you stand with that. 
And okay. two, my second question for you, Jeff, is with Jason Garrett, he does a lot of offense under center, which I love, with the running the ball and play action. Will that help Daniel Jones better decreasing fumbles because it's a timing thing versus more shotgun? And, John, I got two questions for you, and I'll take it off. On all the statistics you were going over individually, the over-under, I would like to know, what was the third down conversion rate against the Giants, Steve, last year? That has to be a big improvement. I can get that to you right now, Don. Hold on one second. The third sure. down conversion rate uh, against the Giants last year was 39.8%, oh. which was 20th in the league. Ouch. Yeah, we got to improve on that. And also, you have a lot of guests on the show, John, mm-hmm. like from other teams, how you like analyze other teams for your up-and-coming opponents. Are any of you gentlemen ever guests on other shows and how would we find that out so we can tune in? Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Don. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I, I've been on you know, with the Cowboys. I've been on with the Eagles. Um, I have not done the Redskins before. I've done the Vikings. You know, you know, all these different teams that do different things. We, we're kind of in touch with each other. I've gone on some of the podcasts for you know, some of our draft guys that come on and help them out with you know, who the Giants are drafting, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if people are, are, are calling Jeff Eagles. I mean, you know, he's a star. You know, not, not, not <laughs> everyone has Jeff's number. Yeah. And and Jeff, frankly, will just blow people off a lot because he's, oh, because he's really on. not that nice of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that to answer their question, I do more yes. more during the season when somebody wants to talk a little bit about the Giants right, and maybe too. an upcoming opponent. Yeah, things like that. So, All right, so how about the two questions he had for you, Jeff? Um, I'll start with Andrew Thomas. At the beginning, I, I, I figured that he would just go to right tackle because it's such a need for the Giants. But – I started. I I reconsidered this because I still think that there's a need at left tackle, and I think that when I'm going to compare the future and what's going to go on, I'm going to go ahead and just just say that you know what we're going to put Thomas there and just get him anchored in there. We're not going to have to wait a year for him to transition, because I think that Nate Solder can go and compete with those other guys at the right side and have a better competition. Listen, Andrew Thomas is going to be a really good football player. They're not going to have to worry about him. Just put him over there and just and just don't even worry about the guy. But I think there's more issues at right tackle. I just don't want to waste Andrew Thomas at right tackle right now. That's why I'm switching my my idea of what I said before. The other one is now, Jeff. I, I want I want to I want to interlude on that for a yeah. second because I'm on the I'm on the opposite side page of you. Now, okay. if I was just worried about the future and not worried about today, I'd be on board with you. I'd say, yeah, just put Andrew Thomas at left tackle. That's where he's going to wind up. Let's get him there as soon as possible, and let's roll. Okay. Get him next to Will Hernandez. Let's roll. But given he's coming off a down year, given he hasn't played the position as a rookie, I think the best configuration to get the most out of the line this year is for Solder to be on the left side and Thomas to be on the right side, since Thomas played the right side just a couple years ago, and Solder's been pretty much only a left tackle for his career in college Mm -hmm. in the NFL, except for one year as a rookie. And I don't think long-term playing Thomas one year at right tackle will have an adverse effect on his career long-term. That's why I disagree with you at least if you're going to take this year into consideration yeah i'm just more like just throw him over there and let him learn fair enough yeah all right how about the second part about more play action under center well i think i don't know if you mentioned i think it was more of the fumbles rather than the play action which... well he said he would run more stuff under center with play action you think that'll help him with his fumbles that was that was that was the basis well i i don't think i don't think being on un- no i don't i think the, the whole fumbles thing is 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 uh 
an ability to understand how to protect the football in certain situations and where you're at on the field and how you do it. I mean, if you're taking the snaps into the center, you have a propensity. If you haven't done it for most of your career, you might have some fumbles that way anyways. But, you know, we're shotgun. It's a little easier just to catch it. But I, I feel like I feel like the fumble situation with Daniel Jones is, is a technique and a, and a fundamental issue more than under center or shotgun. That's just me. It's funny, Jeff. This was not planned, but the caller asked a question, so I'm going to throw out this, oh, yeah, this little, interesting yeah, stat that yeah. I had because I think it makes sense. We have another caller on the line. Caller, we'll get to you, I promise. But this is appropriate since the caller called and asked about the question. So I broke down Daniel Jones in terms of play-action pass, right? And there's not a whole lot that's going to surprise you, you know, in terms of him running play-action. He was ranked, like, in the low 20s in the league, um, last year in a lot of different categories, which is where you think he'd be as a rookie. He was in the top three or four, though, or top six among quarterbacks in the first or second year in almost all these categories. So it's about where you think he'd be. Then, just for the heck of it, I wasn't even planning <clears throat> on doing it. You know, pro football focus is great. You could sort through all these different type of plays, right? So I separated his play action under center versus play action in shotgun. I could not believe what I saw. <laughs> Literally, Jeff. And I sorted, I basically limited the quarterbacks that had at least 25 dropbacks in play action. That's how I kind of eliminate a lot of like the guys that only played a little bit. So there were 38 qualifying quarterbacks, right? In terms of quarterbacks that had at least 25 passes in play action. So when I did my little sorting of the stats here, he was the top-rated quarterback in football, the entire league, in terms of quarterback rating. Number one in yards per attempt. Number two in average depth of target when he was in shotgun and ran play action. The hmm. best quarterback in the league, and quite frankly, it wasn't that close. Hmm. When Daniel Jones ran play action from under center, he was the worst-rated quarterback in football. Yeah. 38 out of 38. 37th in yards per attempt. 28th in average depth of target. He was brutal. And I looked at some of the peripherals. One thing that was interesting is that he got rid of the ball a lot quicker, um, even compared to other players when he was running play action at a shotgun as opposed to under center. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to get your theory on this, on why this is the case. Now, I looked in college. He wasn't mm -hmm. asked to do it a whole lot. That was one. There you go. In college under center, over the course of his three years at Duke, he only did that 63 times yeah. in three years. He did it almost that amount of times just last year. He did it 50 times last year. So right. he doesn't have a lot of experience doing it, number one. Number two, here's my theory, and we've talked about this before. You know how young quarterbacks are always a little bit slower processing, right? They're going to hold the ball a little bit longer because they're trying to figure out what the defense is going to do yep. and all right that stuff. It. So when you run play action on their center, you turn your back. You, you're, so you're with me. You mm -hmm. turn your back to the defense, mm -hmm. and you turn around, and then... After losing the defensive players when you run play action, you need to figure out, pick up everybody and figure out what they're doing, right? Right. When you're in shotgun and you run play action, guess what? You're always looking ahead. You never have to turn your back to the defense. 
You just stick the ball out, but you're continuing to look ahead, right? You're looking at the defense. So my guess is that the fact that, A, he hasn't done much. Two, you have to turn your head and get your eyes off what the defense is doing. Causes you to hold the ball longer. You make slower decisions. Bad things tend to happen, right? It's always better when the quarterback gets rid of the ball quickly. So to me, that's a good explanation as to why he struggled so much under center. And I also looked at it, too. When you're running play action at a shotgun, right, you're going to have more receivers on the field. You're going to send more receivers into routes. When you're running that play action on the center, Jeff, you usually have a fullback or two tight ends. Maybe only two or three players go into their route tree because everyone else is trying to execute the play action pass properly. So I think Jones is better when the field is spread more. He doesn't have to turn his back, and because he's done it more in college. I just thought it was fascinating that there was such a difference <clears throat> between the two. And to me, I thought that was a good explanation as to why. Your thoughts? Well, well my thoughts are, are a lot like yours. I feel like if you didn't do a lot in college, it's something you're going to have to learn how to do in the pros. And he basically took all of his snaps in one year than he did in three years at Duke. Okay? The second thing is is – is you're 100 percent correct. I mean, even though Daniel Jones is a real cerebral learner, he's a good, he's a he's smart guy. It's still the National Football League where they disguise coverages, they do all kinds of different stuff. So when you take your eyes off of the field because it's a planned play, well, you lose a little bit, and that just comes with experience over time. You know, Eli Manning probably had the same difficulties at the beginning of his career um, through a lot of interceptions. Here's the other thing: I'm curious to see what percentage this is with the RPOs you know and that type of play action because I took the RPOs out of it okay you, you know what would be another good study is to put the RPOs back in it well I could tell you what he did on RPOs um, okay. he had a he had a by the way his his no his shotgun play action with no RPOs he had a 156.3 quarterback rating whoa <laughs> <laughs> uh, play action with no shotgun, it was 58.5. Play action, no... Oh, yeah, okay, so 50... Under center, 50... So the, when I told you it was a big difference, yeah. it was a big difference. On RPOs, he had a passer rating of 115.8. He huh. was 19 of 23. A lot of short passes, which makes sense for RPOs. He was yeah. 19 of 23 for 111 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Well... I, I, I feel like you're going to see a lot more of those this year coming up um, in Jason Garrett's offense. And, um, you know, he can be successful with that. Maybe get a little bit more yards per catch, you know, or attempt. I mean, I know that those RPOs are short passes, but you could throw a long one in there every once in a while, right? To Darius Slayton down the seam. That'd be good. Now, here's one other stat that I'll give you. Because he asked the caller asked specifically about turnovers, right? So he had 80 he had 95 play-action dropbacks last year, right? According to Pro Football Focus, he had four turnover-worthy plays. So they'll count like dropped interceptions in that mix too, fumbles, all those sorts of things, so you kind of get the noise out of it. Yep. So he had turnover-worthy plays on 4.2% of his play-action dropbacks. Of his non-play-action dropbacks, he had turnover-worthy plays on 6.4%. Of his plays. So, so still a little high, it, yeah. but it did protect him a little bit. It made him less turnover prone when he ran more play action. So, mm -hmm. I just thought it was interesting that it would be such a huge difference between, well, under center and not under center. What's interesting about what you did, John, is a lot of what the coaching staff does in the offseason when they do these projects. 
Um, think about new coaches coming into an organization that has to evaluate their current roster and then has to know what type of players these guys are. So they've got to do these types of drills. And they got to do these type of research. And it's funny, and, you know, we criticized Shermer last year. Oh, why aren't you playing big more? Why aren't you running more play action on their center? Well, do you know why he probably didn't do it? Because Jones was terrible at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so, honestly, yeah. I, I, and I was one that said, I love running play action out of big personnel. It's something that I think is very effective. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Last year, Jones stunk at it. He stunk. So, well, I, I, I was I can wrong. Tell you, I can tell you this from experience, and it's actually, I've had this same reaction as you did to certain types of situational football from a punting position when in the offseason uh, Quinn and I would do some research and we would start to do tendencies, right? You know, if I'm on the right hash and the ball's around this yard line, what is the tendency? Do I usually kick it right? Do I kick it left? What the deal? And sometimes when you go through these little projects and, and it takes you a little while, I'm sure you spend a lot of time on this, but once you get to the finish line and then you punch all the data and then you come up with these numbers, sometimes it can be really one frightening <laughs> and two uh pretty remarkably important to be able to understand how uh the game of football works as far as tendencies i mean that's all about football right what is their tendency to do on this down and distance uh, they usually do this so many percentages of the time well i wanted teams and so did quinny to know we wanted to change those types of tendencies so if i'm on the right hash and somebody's doing the same exercises that we're doing they're thinking that I'm going to go right. Well, I'm going to rip it left. And, you know, then they're, they're just not going to have a chance. And we, we did that many times against teams that we thought we could be successful. So this is interesting. I mean, you did what a lot of these coaches are doing, taking weeks to do, and come up with these types of situational stats that you, it paints you a picture. And then when you know what they do, John, then from there they go and work on it. Okay, we know what we got to work on with Daniel Jones now. we got to work on his under center play action pass, you know? Yeah, and by the way, he only had, just so I'll just get it out there, uh, he ran from my count, and I haven't double-checked the number, but just doing my quick math here, um, he only threw passes under from under center with no play action seven times last year. With no play? Think about that. Seven times with no play action. Just, just took a center, probably five-step drop, and threw the ball. Yeah, or three-step, right? Whatever. Or three, yeah. So yeah. he only did that seven times under huh. center without play action. Which I thought was interesting too. Hmm. Wonder how many draws they, they, you know, how many draw plays they 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 ran because you know that's a type of play action, but you handle the ball off. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's lots of lots of stuff, lots of stuff that in, you know these in Pro Football Focus, all these analytics that come out, um, they are they are what they are. They're analytics, they're number crunching, they're coming up with theories and things like this. But you know, you can use so much of it. Some guys don't like to use it. Some guys rely on it heavily. Right. And again, I don't want to focus on the negative here because the good news is that his play action at a shotgun was phenomenal. 115 phenomenal. passer rating. Phenomenal. Was it 115? No, yeah. 156.3. Oh, 56 it was. Yeah. No, 115 was, was something the, else. Well, yeah, it was the RPO. That's right. 156.3 okay. quarterback rating when running play action at a shotgun. And by the way, zero turnover worthy plays. Well, Zero. that's what you love to hear right there. Zero. Mm-hmm. Protect the football. Protect the football. Which is unbelievable. He got rid of the ball quick. Jeff, he averaged 16.1 yards per attempt on those plays. 
16.1. He compl- it was just ridiculous. ridiculous <laughs> that's a lot of yards. That's, that's, that's a big number. Numbers. Yeah. He completed 75% of his passes in those situations. Mm-hmm. He was a superstar. Jeff, he was 18. In, this situ- in those situations, he had 31 dropbacks. He was 18 of 24 for 386 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. You know, you look at some of the games he put up last year in 400-yard passing games. Now, now he is. A, that's a small sample size. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. I get it. But wow, wow. And yeah. by the way, and and if you include the RPOs in there, if you want, which you can, he was 29 of 38 for 458 yards, 12.1 yards per attempt, and 155.5 quarterback rating. <laughs> oh, so, boy. if you want to keep the RPOs in there for play action with shotgun, the numbers aren't quite as jarring, but they're still damn good. Mm-hmm. No turnover-worthy plays in that mix either, by the way. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Well, we'll see how many people are paying attention to play-action passes and dropbacks passes for Daniel Jones this year after hearing all this stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to be me, and I just made a lot of more work for, <laughs> for myself. All right, let's get back to the calls. Cole, you're on the line with Jeff and John. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Peter with the Keys. How you Peter, doing? what's up, hey, bud? Hey, Peter. Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing well. Great. So, um... Jeff had a great question about if somebody got injured on the team, who would be the biggest hit for the team. Yeah. And I kind of missed part of the conversation because I was trying to dial in, and I don't have the redial all squared away. But in my opinion, um, Bradbury, I think, would be huge, huge, huge if they lost him. Yeah, uh, you know what? PP, we were were just talking offense. If you're you're talking defense, I 1,000% agree with you. Especially with Baker, the unknown there, how that's going to roll out. Do you agree yeah. with that, Jeff? On defense, yeah, I do because I, I feel like I feel like uh, Bradbury was kind of like one of those confidence pills. You know, you swallow that thing, knowing that you know I don't have to worry about this guy out there. But man, if he did get hurt, I got a lot of worries to do now. There's yeah. just, there's no, I mean, yeah, the Giants as far as numbers have some good depth at numbers, but nobody jumps off the page as me. I mean, Corey Ballantyne's a guy that's younger, that's kind of learning learning how to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, who else? There's just it's it's. it's it's scary. Although Darnay yep. Holmes, he's a rookie. I mean, I think you're going to see. You watch this guy. You watch Darnay Holmes. I have a feeling this guy is going to be a really good football player. I think he could impact the team mm-hmm. greatly this year. I really yeah. do. I'm with you, Jeff. Yeah. My uh, my dark horse is Leak. I think that kid's going to squeak on the team and uh, be a backup to Saquon by the end of the year. Well, worse come to worse, he's a chance to be a great kick returner, man. Whew. Oh, yeah. Um, two questions for you before I jump off because sure. I'm at work. Um, first one for John. John, do you know the update on Baker and Rojas? I haven't really been following the news. No, too bad. there ha- no, there hasn't really been anything. I, th- I think the team's trying to get all the information they possibly can. Mm-hmm. The NFL hasn't done anything with those two guys. Um, yep. I-, I don't think any charges have officially been fired filed in the Baker situation, as far as I understand it. So I think we're all in wait and see mode right now, Pete. Gotcha. And the second question is for Jeff. So Jeff, while I was on hold, I was on YouTube searching you and uh my okay. question for you is in your 20 years of playing have you ever laid anybody out oh you yeah, know that's funny because somebody asked me that the <laughs> other day thank you pete appreciate it yeah thanks bye you know what i yes one time who'd you lay out um who, who did you embarrass well, well first of all it was kind of a build-up because was it, well, i was with the eagles okay um, when Buddy Ryan was the head coach, and we went down to Atlanta to scrimmage the Falcons in preseason. Oh, please tell um, me it was Dion. Please no, tell me it was Dion. No, ah. And so 
and Johnny, you've you've been around long enough to know that scrimmages are they're very they can turn into fistfights in a minute. Well, I can only imagine what a Buddy Ryan scrimmage. It was a Buddy but- Ryan versus Glare, Jerry Glanville scrimmage. Oh, can you imagine? Jeez. And so, oh. and to start off the day, but Buddy Ryan came out to practice in all black. Oh <laughs> like gosh. Jerry Glanville, right? What, what was what was Jerry Glanville doing even agreeing to that? That's what I want to uh, know. I have no idea, but but it turned out to be the worst thing we ever did because <laughs> here here's how scrimmages start. They start with the punt team. Oh, Every time geez. it starts with the punt team. It's what you get special teams out of the way, and the punt rush, the, the, your whole thing is just get the ball off. You don't care where it goes. Well, that drill turned into a melee. And the next thing I know, everybody is in, in fighting everyone on the field. And I've got this one little wide receiver. He's like a little slot receiver coming after me. Okay? And he starts – he tackles me. starts – and we get in a fight. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, seriously? And I just remember him <laughs> – I, I remember the number. It was like 84 or something. Lo and behold, we're playing the Falcons that season. And I kick a ball down the field, and they're returning the ball. And who do I see running across? And I'm going to take a lick at this guy is number 84. <laughs> and I laid him out, right? And so this was back in the day, and I can say this now because I'm not playing anymore, but we used to get $100 hits. They used to be called for big hits in games. Now, I would never get them because I'm never laying anybody out. I got $100 for that hit that week. <laughs> and so there's the answer to your question. Yeah, one guy. So, but the, listen, I, I laid one guy out, but I've been laid out many, many more times than I've laid somebody else out. So good question. Good little story. That is really, really funny. But you want to know something? We went down there to scrimmage. It got out of hand. We got back on the bus and left. We never (laughs) finished the stupid scrimmage. How many plays did you run? There was like seven punts. We got into like the fifth punt, and it was over. Wait, wait, wait. So you guys never even ran any offense defense? We went. We we tried. They after that we went into nine on seven. Can oh, you imagine that oh live God. nine on seven? <laughs> and I think they got three plays in, and it was over after that. It was forget about it. It's just it, and everybody just got on the bus and we went home. It was the oh, stupidest trip ever. That is really really funny. <laughs> I mean, that's great. That oh. is really, really, really funny. But those were the days, right? Those were the old days when, when you could do that kind of stuff. Now now teams do practice against each other, but because of days like that years and years ago and, and a lot of the coaches have been around forever, they understand how it can get. I mean, look at the Giants-Jets when the Jets used to come up to Albany. It was always fights. I mean, Shockey would start – he would just start something for the heck of it. You know, it's like, you know, and now, now coaches are like, listen, we, we just got to get some stuff done here. All right. Let's not waste everybody's time by doing stupid things like that. Let's try to get some work done here. And evidently it's worked. Apparently. It's worked. All right. We got one more call. Let's try to get yeah. him in. Caller, you got about 30 seconds. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, maybe you got a minute. What's up? Charlie from Portland, Maine. Uh, I Charlie, have that I knew it. Now. <laughs> Perfect. Go ahead, Charlie. Make the most of it, pal. Perfect. All time. right. Hey, hey, I got a question for you, Jeff. Yeah. Now. Drop kicking, if you drop kick any time and it goes through the upright, it's three points, right? Yes. Now, on a kickoff, if somebody could actually drop kick that kick and go through the upright, is that three points? I guess so. No one's going to ever do it. Why why don't they do that? It's too far. Are you kidding me? Nobody's rushing them. It doesn't matter. You can't physically drop kick a ball that far. There's no way. You don't think some of these guys today with the legs that they have no can't way. do that? Nope. You nope. sure? 
Mm-mm. Okay, the other, I think they, somebody should try it. Anyway, my next my next. I will ask the is, question, then ignore your answer and stay with my previous theory. Okay, next question, Charlie. <laughs> my next question is just, I don't understand how you think Ingram is going to stay on the field when he hasn't been able to for the last Charlie, two seasons. Charlie, did you see what I said? I didn't think he was going to. I said I hope he was going oh, to. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I, I know that. I mean, come on. Obviously, that's the big question. I, is Can he stay yeah. healthy? And I'm just hoping that he does. I, I feel like, wouldn't you like to see a healthy Evan Ingram for yes. 16 games and see what he could do? Yes. Yeah. Of course I would. And the other question I had is, is that, I mean, at least in, in the tight end, we got some tight ends there. But in the receiving department, Shepard's one concussion away of probably not playing football again. We need another veteran receiver and hopefully somebody who's 6'3 or 4. That's what we need. Well, they so, have Corey Coleman. He's a vet. Yeah, but he's not 6'3 or 4, is he? Oh, no, he's not 6'3 or 6'4. Well, there's not very he, many guys like that. I mean, Derek Slayton's only 6'2. Thank you, Charlie. we got to run. Bye, Charlie. Because I want to make sure we get to play. Did you play with Jeff Fiegels? <laughs> One million players. Jeff had a struggle last week. Dropped all the way to 15 and 12. And, and I, John is so happy about that. I have some good ones today. Oh, I feel good well, about by the my way, ones for today. For those scoring at home, John has been gone for a week, so mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he had a little time in his hands to pull up something like this. I honestly didn't. I, okay, I, I honestly did it. I, I would have been very show. upset of you if you, you did spend some of your off time doing this. Yes, you should be. Okay. That's correct. All right. all right. Did you play with Will Hardy? Did you play with Will Hardy? I know I did play with a Hardy. Was his name Will first? Um, Hardy, Hardy, Hardy. I think I did play with Will Hardy. No, not Will Hardy. No, I did not. You are correct. You did not play with Will Hardy, who just uh, got permission to interview for the Knicks head coaching job. That's right. And is so an good assistant luck with coach him. for the Spurs. So, <laughs> no. Okay. So, you got that one right. That was good. Okay. So, you're 1-0 today. Did you? I did play, play with the Hardy though. There was a, there was a linebacker that I did play with his last name Hardy. All right, go ahead. Did you play with Chad Brown? Yes, I did play with Chad Brown, Seattle linebacker, good dude. Um, Wrong. He was a defensive end for the Cardinals in 1994. Chad Brown? Oh, there was two Chad Browns. See, there was two Chad. You Browns. You know what? There was a Chad Brown with the Seahawks, wasn't there? Yes, there was. But I do remember there was another Chad Brown. Like now that you bring that up. Yes, I do. But the one that I know the most was the one with the Seahawks. Okay, so I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to consider that one a tie. Okay, okay. so I, right. will, I will not. We'll have our that first one. That tie. <laughs> you play with so many guys. Guys have the same name. That's how ridiculous <laughs> the game is. Yeah, and the, and the last name is Brown. Go yeah, figure. <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. Did you play with Jason McIndoo? Did you play with Jason McIndoo? Yes, I did. I and and you know. Yes, I did. He was an offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. He was also a long snapper. <laughs> I am not happy. He played one game his whole damn career. You got him? I remember uh, McAdoo. Good dude. Great guy. I think he came from Wisconsin, maybe? He was in the league for one year and yeah. played one game for the Seahawks, and yep. that guy you remember. Yep, That guy you remember. Yep, yep. And I remember he went out of the league. And um, stayed in the area, in, in in Seattle, and I remember going to see. I do have a pretty good remember, memory. I remember going to get my tires done. I needed new tires, and I pulled in this like Goodyear store, or whatever. And McAdoo was was 
selling tires, <sighs> doing tires. I mean, it's where it goes. So, anyways, good dude, good I guy. Am, I, I'm distraught. All right. <laughs> I'm really mad. I thought I had you with that one. Yeah, you did. You thought you had me today. All right, final one. Did you play with Dick Chapora? Dick <laughs> no, Chapora. No. I've played with a lot of dicks, but not that dick. That, yes. that didn't sound good, but yes, I'm just you, saying. Uh, <laughs> yes, in my career, there's been a lot of guys. you did play with Dick Chapora. No, I didn't. In 1990, he played seven games for the Philadelphia Eagles at defensive tackle. Chapura? Chapura? Chapura. C-H-A-P-U-R-A. Yes, I remember him. I no, do. you You're don't. Right. Yes, I do. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Yep, I do. White guy, right? I, I have no idea who Dick Chapura yeah. is. Yeah. He could be green for all I know. No, I don't guy. know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right, I so do. you went 2-1-1 one, one today. <laughs> we have our first tie I ever I really in, thought in I game. had you on the Jason McIndoo. <laughs> nope. And I, I, I almost had you on the Will Hardy also. Yeah, yeah, because I think Kevin Hardy was a guy that played in the league. Well, Kevin Hardy was a linebacker for the um, for, wasn't it Jaguars, for the Jaguars for a long yeah. time. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to put Will Hardy in the pro. You know, the, the but wasn't Kevin no. Hardy from Miami? I think he was from. Yes, Miami. I believe he was a. That's why I know the Hardy. And it wasn't. Yeah, so good try, John. Nice job, bud. I thought, ah, boy, I, th I'm <laughs> devastated. I thought I was going to get you, boy. It's okay, I Actually, was devastated last week or last time we played when I couldn't get any of them right. Kevin Hardy went to Illinois, by the way. He didn't. He go did. Okay, thank you. Sorry. <clears throat> he was like cool. the fourth overall pick in the draft that year. Oh, I had a second, great career. Second good overall player. pick, actually. Yeah, played really for the Cowboys for a year, Bengals for a couple at the end. But I remember the Cowboys too. Yeah, he was great for Jacksonville, though. What a what a really good player. Anyway, Jeff, we got to run. It's one hundred five. Thanks for being with <laughs> thank us, everybody. You guys. Thanks. Uh, yep. You can find the archive of this on Giants.com, the Giants Mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs> thanks to Jeff. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a Goodbye. great day.